Uh, my name is Mina, for those of you guys who don't know me, and I'm one of the campus pastors here at New Philly Seaside. And today is June 29th, and it's the last Sunday of June. And for those of you who've been around, you've known that June is Women's Ministry Month here. And so each week at all of our four campuses have been all women, okay, up taking the pulpit, uh, for the most part, uh, worship as well. Okay, I tried to ask Pastor Herman to wear a wig, but... Fortunately, it didn't work, okay? Uh, but it's been a powerful month, and so I really want to encourage you guys uh, to go to our Facebook page, uh, go to our webpage, and check out the MP3s uh, from all the four campuses. It's going to really set you free, okay? Um, I'm going to ask for a favor, okay? So I'm going to ask for some prayer. So I want you guys to stretch out your hands towards me, okay? Uh, this sermon is something I've been mulling over and, and meditating on. I really believe it's really powerful. Okay, I'm going to be a little honest. Okay, I had a lot of stomach trouble this morning. Okay, <laughs> it feels all bubbly and weird. So I want you guys to pray for me that there'll be peace over my stomach. Okay, pray for the sermon today. Just like quick 30 seconds. Okay, go. Thank you. Amen. Okay, I feel better. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Uh, So today, uh, I'm going to be talking about a topic, as I said. It's something that I've had uh, difficulties in my life. This was something that I've went to the Lord in prayer, really searched the scriptures, read Christian books, listened to podcasts. Okay, and I believe that today's topic, it affects every single person in this room. Okay, it is something that we all experience on a daily basis. And if it's not dealt with in a healthy manner, it can wreak destruction and havoc in all areas of your life. Okay, I'm going to be talking about anger today. Okay, so turn to your neighbor and say anger. (laughs) Wow, you guys did it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, So anger is a valid human emotion. Okay, along with other emotions like joy, sorrow, fear. Okay, and our Heavenly Father, He experiences anger. Okay, and humans being made in the image of God, we also feel anger. Okay, anger itself is not a sin. But there is a fine, tiny line, okay, between anger and sin. And so many Christians today, when they express their anger, it's in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. Okay, and I'll be addressing some of these issues in my sermon today. Now, why does God give us the emotion of anger? Okay, there are many different reasons. Okay, anger is given to us, it's said to be a warning flag. Okay? It alerts us to those times when others are violating our boundaries or attempting to violate our boundaries. Okay, if you feel anger, it's often a sign that someone has done something that's not okay. And God cares for you, and since he's a God of the individual, anger is a means to show us, hey, take care of yourself, take care of your boundaries. Okay, anger is also provides us with a sense of power to solve a problem. Okay, it's not just a feeling in itself, but it's empowering. Okay, it's an emotional reaction uh, that something is wrong and something needs to be done. Okay, the, the warning flag of anger can lead us to do something that brings a solution uh, to the problem that you're feeling. Okay, it energizes us to protect ourselves, those we love, and our principles. 
An example of this might be, uh, let's say, uh, Ethan, or let's say I have a daughter. Okay, I don't want to use Ethan, okay? <laughs> I have a daughter, and let's say that she gets bullied in school. Okay, my daughter is someone I love. I'm filled with great passion for this person. Okay, and because of this, I feel angry. Okay, this anger might uh, bring uh, me to do something, okay, to try to bring awareness to the situation. Okay, I have a friend named Diana uh, that goes to E2 on campus in Seoul. And she goes around and she speaks to the different international schools and brings awareness about bullying. Okay, this is a problem that, she see, that brings anger to her. And so her answer to the solution is to bring awareness. Okay, someone who feels anger could start counseling programs uh, to help people who've been bullied. Okay, and it's interesting, often people become upset regarding areas in which they feel great passion. And so sometimes anger can be an avenue for God to show you, hey, this is where I want to use you. Anger can be helpful, but when expressed in an unhealthy manner, it can be destructive. People who do not deal with anger in healthy ways often have different physical ailments uh, like high blood pressure, headaches, migraines, rashes, and stress. Okay, it can lead to high amounts of anxiety, depression, self-hatred, mood swings, and the like. Okay, overeating, abusing alcohol, smoking have all been linked to activities that happen when people suppress their anger and don't deal with it in a ha- ha- uh, healthy way. Okay, Sally Stab, a PhD and associate professor of counseling, psychology at Texas Women's University, and co-author with Cox of the Anger Advantage, find that women who repress their anger have more critical feelings about their body. Okay, so anger dealt with in an unhealthy way is very destructive. Now, Christ died for us and rose again so that we would live lives of freedom and not bondage. Amen? And so as Christians, it's so imperative that we learn how to process and express anger in a biblical and healthy way. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I'll be using my main text today uh, to describe two types of people, uh, people who deal with anger in different ways. Okay, I'm going to be presenting different symptoms uh, to help you see if this is something that you deal with. Okay, also bringing different Bible verses and truths to help dislodge these mindsets and deceptions and to establish the Word of God in your life. And then at the end, I'm going to give you some practical ways to help, whether you're one type of person or this. It's going to help both of you guys. And I encourage you today to take notes. Okay, there's going to be a lot of good stuff. And more than anything, uh, more than uh, meditating on the sermon, I want to point you guys back to Scripture so that you guys can meditate on it and get set free. Okay, now before I jump into the sermon, I want to put a big disclaimer on my sermon. Okay, I want to be clear that today is not just about anger management. Okay, now, this is not to discount anger management or what different psychologists and therapists and counselors recommend to help people in dealing with anger. Okay, a lot of the things that I've heard or seen, many of the things, like Dr. Phil, okay, <laughs> uh, they have uh, helpful things to help their patients, okay, but the key difference here is along with practical application is the Word of God. Okay, the Word of God, it says in Hebrews 4.12, it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Okay, there is power and transformation 
when we take God's word into our minds and our souls, and then we apply this through obedience. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And so as I give you these scriptures today and present to you different arguments, it's going to be very beneficial for you to meditate on the scripture on your own time. Uh, so I do encourage you to do that. Okay, so if you guys could open our, your Bibles, our main text today comes from Ephesians chapter 4. Wow, my stomach feels great. Thanks, guys, for the prayer. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 to 27. Okay, if you don't have your Bibles, you can look in your smartphones, uh, but we encourage you guys to have your Bible with you, your sword. Okay, everyone there? Okay, I'm going to be reading aloud from the ESV, uh, verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, verse 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, here, uh, Apostle Paul is giving a command about anger. Okay, so I'm going to take uh, verse 26 first. Okay, be angry and do not sin. Okay, you cannot separate these two things. He's saying, be angry but don't sin. Okay, the NIV, NIV does a really good job linking these together. The NIV says, in your anger, do not sin. Okay, so we cannot separate the two. Um, but for the purpose of today's sermon and to address the two types of people, I'm going to just uh, break it apart just for a second, okay? So the first part I want to uh, concentrate on is the be angry part. Okay, everyone say, be angry. Be angry. Okay, again, linked together, okay? <laughs> be angry. Okay, here, Paul's writing this here. Because he wants to show us that anger is natural. It's a human emotion. And that it's okay to feel angry. Saying, hey, be angry. Okay, angry is a valid and a legitimate thing. This verse is showing the truth that anger is okay. Okay, why am I concentrating on this? Okay, this is because many Christians today believe the opposite of this truth. Okay, they live their lives where they feel like anger is not okay. That when I start to feel anger, you start feeling this, like your heart beating, you're turning red. They stop themselves and they say, oh, anger is not okay. And they learn to suppress it, internalize it, ignore it, and push it away. Now, because Christians believe in this deception, instead of dealing with their anger in a healthy way, they suppress it and it goes inwards. Okay, this is an example of imploding your anger or internalizing your anger. Oftentimes, people who deal with this anger in this way, they have poor boundaries with others. Okay, remember I said in the beginning that anger is a sign that your, your boundaries are being violated or about to be violated. Okay, this is a sign. Okay, but if you're a Christian that believes that anger is not okay, then you're going to believe that you're going to suppress this and you're going to let people walk all over you. Okay? These are the type of people that are controlled by dominating, manipulative people situations and the people around them. These are people who become powerless, that when the circumstances around their lives are not good, they get depressed. They get angry. Okay, people often learn anger responses from their parents or family. So studies have proven that most of us develop our anger responses as young children. If they see their mother is one that gets angry but hides it, okay, they in response will learn these habits. Okay, God puts people in families because parents are the ones who are responsible for teaching children 
how to identify, process, and deal with negative emotions. In order to become emotionally mature, parents need to teach children not only how to deal with anger, but sadness, grief, etc. Okay, uh, what I'm going to share comes uh, from the book Boundaries. Has anyone heard of this book? Okay, it's called Boundaries uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. I highly recommend this book. Okay, I've read this book about two or three times. Okay, so we're probably ordering it in the back. You guys can find it in a couple weeks, okay, at our bookstore. Okay, but in this book, it's mentioned that parents need to let children talk about their anger. By doing this, children learn that anger is okay. And when kids are young, sometimes they can't verbalize. I got these icky feelings, mom. It's on the inside, okay, but it's the job of the parent to help these kids find language, to describe what they are feeling. Okay, as parents do this, they're teaching children to identify and to verbalize their feeling, also accepting the emotion of anger as legitimate. Okay, even if you don't like the behavior the feeling is producing, you're saying, hey, your anger is legitimate. Okay, so for example, I might say, hey, it's okay to feel angry, um, but it's not okay to hurt others. So talk to me about how you're feeling. Okay, so communicating, understanding, And empathizing this emotion makes the child feel empowered to do something about their anger. Okay, you can even say, hey, you seem upset. What is it that you're feeling? And the little kid will say, mom, Tommy stole my toys and I don't want to share. (laughs) Okay, keep talking about these feelings, okay? By doing these things, it helps children to mature emotionally and they start to become powerful people who take responsibility over their emotions of anger and the like. Now, emotional maturity gets stunted when parents do not allow a safe environment for children to express their anger. Okay, this is very evident in Korean society. You guys ever notice you got those angry ajashis all around who's trying to exert this anger? Okay, there's a common phrase that children are told by their parents. Okay, they say, Okay, basically this means... Ooh, it's recording in my mind. Okay, so basically this means you did something wrong and you have no right to be angry. Okay, so they're telling them the emotion of anger, it gets dominated against, it gets shut down, and then they feel that their anger is wrong. Okay, and this is where that deception and that lie comes in. Parents who use, uh, not only dominate, there's also parents who use guilt and manipulation. Okay, if their child does something and says, Mom, I don't like this. Don't give me a hug right now. Okay? The mom might say, oh, that hurts my feelings. Okay, now what this does is the mother is placing her emotional health as a responsibility on the child, which is not right and it's unfair. Okay, Lisa Bevere says it like this. When an emotion is suppressed because it is not validated, it will eventually be expressed inappropriately. Inappropriately. One who internalizes your anger will bottle up your emotions. You bottle up, bottle up, okay, until it's a boom. Volcano. There's a breaking point that comes. People who turn their anger inward may not even realize they're angry. Okay, sometimes because it's such a strong deception, this anger turns to depression. Okay, or it turns into self-hatred. Okay, instead of dealing with the anger, they might start placing identities on themselves. I'm a bad son. I'm a bad daughter. I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad teacher. Okay, oftentimes people get angry, but instead of dealing with it, it goes straight to depression. 
because they feel like their anger is forbidden. Now, if you are one of these people and you believe that being angry is not okay, and you're, uh, you suppress your anger, one clue that you're like this may be the way you let it out. Okay? So people who internalize their anger tend to be passive-aggressive. So, for example, you might say you're going to do something, and then you don't do it. Okay? Or if you feel angry by target, you're feeling fury at your boss, it now turns to someone who doesn't deserve it like your kids or your students. Now, if you grew up in a family where anger was never legitimized or said that it's okay, then it's likely that you believe that anger in itself is an emotion that's sinful. You may go even far as saying that it's forbidden and it's, it's terrible. Okay, some Christians might believe that being angry is bad, and when they get angry, uh, when something is wrong, they ignore this being, being, being red light and warning, indicating that something is wrong and that something needs to be done. Now, I was meditating on these verses, okay, because uh, the, the power of Scripture is it will set you free, okay? But so many Christians today, we just read the Bible like it's a book, right? Like, oh, I'm flipping through the Bible. I read five chapters today, okay? Well, what happens is when you do that, you don't really chew on Scripture. It doesn't become yours. And so what you really need to get into the practice of doing is meditating, okay? So I was meditating on the Scripture, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, okay, for the past couple of weeks. And I started feeling these chains in my mind being broken. Okay, and what really stuck out to me is the be angry part because I'm the first person that I'm explaining right now, okay? Growing up, uh, God started to remind me as I started meditating on these verses, be angry and do not sin. Holy Spirit started to bring revelation of my past, my childhood, and how I saw anger dealt with, and I started to realize, man, I have not been dealing with my, my husband smiling, okay? <laughs> I have not been dealing with my anger uh, in a healthy way. So a couple years back, you know, uh, I used to be really, uh, I hated conflict, I hated confrontation. Okay, I believe this is because that lie was implanted, so when I got angry, I was just, oh, I'm not angry. I'm pushing it back. Ooh, I'm okay. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> okay? It's like this like, kind of like delirious thing that I would do to myself. Oh, look at the sky. And push it back. Okay, a little bit, a little bit. Woo, okay? But this is how I dealt with things. And so when I got angry or I, I, I saw that someone else got angry, I immediately felt unsafe. And I felt like I had to withdraw, get away from this person. Okay, luckily through God's providing loving people, uh, like Pastor Christian, okay, I started to learn that confrontation isn't bad and that it's actually quite help, uh, healthy. Okay, and then I got married. And man, <laughs> married people know when you get married, there's a lot of confrontation. And don't get me wrong, it, marriage is wonderful. I love my husband. He's wonderful, very great. Okay, but you get faced with your selfishness, your self-centeredness, Okay, disagreement happens all the time. Okay, so you single people, like everyone in here, a couple of, okay, it's so important for you to learn how to deal with anger in a healthy way before you get married. Okay, because when you get married, you can't run away. That person is there forever. Okay, so before, as I would escape from people that I didn't, you know, didn't want to be around, I have nowhere to escape. I can only go to my room or to the living room because Caleb was with me all the time. Now, it's a sanctifying process, and that's what God loves to do. Okay, but this is something that I realized that the deception was in my mind. 
that being angry was a sin. Now, it's funny because oftentimes people, uh, God will bring you together with friends, close people, roommates, boyfriends, girlfriends, or even husbands who have the opposite ways of dealing with anger. So why I myself, I internalize it. Caleb, you know, he's all, he's mad loud, right? So he externalizes that anger. Okay, I asked Caleb if, if it's okay to talk about our marriage. He says, it's fine. Okay, so I grew up in an environment where it wasn't legitimized. Okay, even sometimes... I got beat up a lot, okay? <laughs> like Korean culture, you just get spanked all the time. It's got to be done in love, okay? By, uh, violence was inflicted. So there's a deep dis- uh, deception implanted that feeling angry is not okay. Caleb, on the other hand, if you've met his mom, she's mad loud, okay? And so for him, if he feels angry, he talks about it. He gets in your face. He says, let's talk about my anger. I feel angry. Sorry, honey. Okay, and so... Uh, these kinds of people are the people that will yell. Sometimes they want to be heard. Okay, they exert themselves. Okay, so as I started to be married, and I, I got reminded of my mom when I saw Caleb. I was like, okay. And I realized that what was happening was not only was I internalizing the anger, but I started to despise people who would externalize their anger. And I thought to, my, I thought to myself, I will never be one of those people that lose my cool. Now, what does this do? This further internalizes the anger, okay? For, further determ- uh, does this. And then, like, I'm bottling it up. I feel all this rage, and I'm like, ah, like, ah, okay? And then, I, and then what happens is I start to kind of condemn myself. Like, oh, man. If these people knew that I wanted to go over there and, like, you know, smack him around a little bit, they'd be like, are you a pastor? Yeah. And I'll feel these things, but I realize the way uh, not dealing with these emotions in a healthy way, it not only affects me, affects my husband, but also affects Ethan, affects you guys. You know, some of you guys come up to me like, oh, I feel so uncomfortable and you and Pastor Caleb bicker and I don't know what to do. Okay, but now that we've learned, you know, sometimes it's okay. You got to see how people hash out conflict. And also many people have come up to me and say, you know what? I see you guys argue, but how quickly you guys get over it. And I feel set free. Okay, so it's not bad to have these kind of things. Okay, but as I started meditating on the word of God, this kind of ownership came to my mind. This ownership that says, man, I need to identify with this and I need to do something about it. Lord, help me. Before, when I did not uh, validate this anger, it was something that I constantly ran away from. It's something that could never be solved because I myself was not taking responsibility for it. So internalizers, this is your first step. Okay, meditate on this passage and let God's truth dislodge the deception that anger is not okay. Anger is okay. Tell your neighbor, anger is okay. Okay, so first step, okay, anger is okay. Okay, later on in the sermon, I'm going to be sharing more practical steps, but this is the first step. It's to know God's truth and letting that set you free. Now, it's interesting, a lot of people uh, who are just becoming Christian or, or think about the Christian faith, they think God is like, oh, you got to do all these commands. It's like Ten Commandments. I can't do anything fun, okay? But when God gives us a command in the Bible, it also means that he's going to provide the grace, so that you can be obedient. Okay, God never tells us to do things that he know will be impossible for us to do. So internalize, be encouraged. Okay, be angry means that God is going to give you the grace to do it. Okay, uh, let's go back to our main passage. 
Okay, I'll read it again. Okay, be angry. Okay, we covered that. And do not sin. Okay, we're going to cover the second part here. Be angry and do not sin. Okay, the second part of this verse is I'm gearing it towards those people who externalize their anger. Okay, we had the problem of people, I don't know, I'm angry. And then the people who are all over the place. And it's like, it's like World War II happens when they're angry. Okay, uh, so I'm going to target you guys right now uh, because I love you. I do, I really do love you. And uh, I'm going to give you some Bible passages, okay? So if this is you or if this is not you, take some notes, okay? So uh, these are many verses that talk about anger and the follies of acting out of anger and sin. Psalm 4.4. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Silent. Okay. Uh, Psalm 37.8. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourselves, it tends only to evil. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. Foolish. <laughs> Colossians 3, 8. This is the last one. Colossians 3, 8. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Okay, there are so many more Bible verses that talk about unhealthy expressions of anger. Okay, I just listed about four. Okay, Ecclesiastes says the anger lodges in the hearts of fools. Okay, it's not only foolish, it's sinful. Okay, be angry and do not sin. Okay, so now, as I said that you learn a lot of your anger uh, responses when you're a child. And if you've been around parents or, or guardians who express their anger in a way, some of you guys might not know what sinful anger looks like. Okay, so I'm going to describe this. What does sinful anger look like? Anger is sinful when it's causeless, excessive, vengeful, destructive, or punishing. Anger is sinful when it is not partnered with self-control. Okay, I'll say that one more time. Anger is sinful when it's causeless, excessive, vengeful, destructive, or punishing. Anger is sinful when it's not partnered with self-control. Some examples of sinful anger. This is when people want to punish with the silent treatment. Okay, you attack the wrongdoer. And, oh, I feel convicted. <laughs> You attack the wrongdoer instead of attacking the problem at hand. You become violent. You yell, have fits of rage and fury. Okay, now anger is not sin, but rage is sin. Okay, rage is a loud and scary temper tantrum and can quickly shift from being controlled to being threateningly uncontrolled. Rage seeks punishment. And when you feel anger, you want to punish this person. Okay, you want to fight back. Have vengeance. Okay, a temper is uncontrolled anger. Okay, now for those of you who think that expressions of anger are okay, you may justify it by saying, man, this is my personality. I grew up in a loud, loud environment. We talk like this. Okay. Or, my mom treated me this way. Or I was never given a chance to learn healthy, healthy anger. 
Now, what, what happens when you justify things is that justifying anger, it makes you not take responsibility. Okay, another word for responsibility is ownership. You're owning up to what you do. And if you don't take ownership or you don't take responsibility, the hard fact is that God cannot heal you. Okay, so by justifying your anger, you're basically saying this. Hey, you did something to make me PO'd. Okay, I have earned the right to be sinful. I've earned it. Okay, you begin to excuse your present situation with the past, and you negate a major portion of the work of the cross. That's scary, okay? You negate the cross, and it becomes a blame game. Okay, look at the Genesis account. What's the first sin? Is when, when, when they took a bite of the apple, Adam's like, it's her fault. It's the woman that you placed with me, God. It's your fault. Okay, it's a blame game. You don't take action and responsibility. When you play the blame game, you're shifting the blame. Obviously, sorry. <laughs> I got lost. <laughs> you're shifting things uh, to someone else. And when you are, when in fact, you're the one that needs to take control. Okay. This is something that God shows in Genesis 1.28. He says, take dominion over all the earth. God is giving you control and ownership over your life. And so when you shift things, play the blame game, there's no room for God to move on your behalf. Okay, taking responsibility means that you are the one that makes them. Okay, after you do these kind of things, you're the ones that have to live with the consequences. Okay, when we all go to heaven, did you hear when you go to heaven, like God's going to review your whole life? That's scary. Okay, sorry. But I imagine like God doing a DVD of my life. And then if, uh, you know, I have this rage, anger. Remember, I bottled it, but it's got to explode, right? And I say, man, God, Kayla made me angry. He shouldn't have done that. Okay, God's not going to be like, oh, hooray, Nina, good job. He's going to say, you're the one that got angry. Okay, this is the hard facts. Okay, unless we see that the seriousness of our temper is serious, and we are determined to take responsibility and be delivered from it, we will never overcome it. Okay, in essence, justifying, making excuses, you're being prideful. And God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so when you take responsibility for your actions, you're turning back to God and saying, Lord, I need your help, and he releases the grace to you. Now, if we are satisfied to go on as we've been going, we will know nothing of God's victory over the sin of temper. It's so easy to excuse ourselves by blaming someone else. Have you ever heard, like, someone apologize to you? And they're like, oh, I'm really sorry, but. You know the but apologies? Those but apologies are no good. Okay, the but apologies, what that does is it's shifting shifting blame. It's not a real apology. It's saying, oh, it's your fault. Okay? Uh, if so-and-so had not spoken to me like that, I would have not lost my temper. Okay, in other words, people like this think that temper is an external problem, that it's caused by something from the outside, when in fact it's an internal problem. Okay, temper comes from within us, not from without. Okay, others, people are annoying. Okay, God's going to place you around annoying people, okay, because he wants you to get good, uh, good with your character. Okay, others might say things to irritate you. Okay, they might, you know, but in the the matter is, is that you have to take responsibility for your anger. Now, here's the first truth, is establishing regarding anger, you are in control. Okay, so I want you guys to take, if you're taking notes, you are in control. 
No matter what happens around you, you are in control of your expressions. You are in control for your responses. This is the first step, realizing your control, your responsibility. Okay, and in order to be free from any kind of bondage, not just anger, the first step is realizing that you have control. And God gives choice, and that it's your choice to have unhealthy anger. Now, if that's you, don't worry. Okay, we'll be going over practical steps in a little bit, but let that truth sink in. You are in control, and with God's truth established to displace the lie, okay, we are no longer stuck in Satan's trap to be a stay in bondage. Now, I presented you with two types of people, okay, the internalizer and the externalizer, and how they deal with anger. But let's continue to look at the passage to Continue to look at the passage today to see how uh, some key points on how we can deal with our anger. Okay, so going back to Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and do not sin. Okay, here it is. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Okay, this is such a key principle for whether you're internal or external, is not letting the sun go down on your anger. Now, what does this mean? Okay, back in Deuteronomy, uh, uh, the Moses... When they did something bad, they had to go within the day, within the day to repay, the, to have restitution. So you have all these Levitical laws, right? If you steal the cloak of blah, 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 and you steal the sheep, or if the ox falls into a hole and dies, okay, all this stuff, okay, it was part of the law that you had to go at the end of the day. And so this is a spiritual truth. It's important how to learn how to do this because verse 27, when you let your anger simmer, okay, you... You're giving the devil an opportunity. Okay, by not letting your anger simmer, by making it temporary, okay, you do 27, you give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, so the first way that we can not let the sun go down on your anger is one, learn to let things go and don't dwell on it. I I don't know why girls do this, but I used to do this when I was like a teenager. And I, I remember I internalized my anger, right? So I would start like, replaying it in my mind. You know what I mean? Like you see those gossip girls and you hear about all the stuff that they're doing. I was just replay it in my mind. And every time those girls got uglier and uglier and fatter. And I would just replay this, the scene. It was like, oh, these angry words towards me. Okay, this is not healthy. Okay? Okay, it's so important we learn how to let go of your anger because, check it out. Okay, Lisa Bevere says it like this. When you perpetuate anger, you perpetuate sin which perpetuates unforgiveness, which intensifies the anger response. Perpetuating anger perpetuates sin, which perpetuates unforgiveness, which intensifies the anger response. Now, this spiritual principle means when you go to sleep upset, you wake up upset. You guys ever go through that? Like You get real real PO'd and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to sleep. And then you wake up, you think, oh, it's gonna, I'm going to feel rest. But then your sleep is like the most terrible sleep ever. You're tossing and turning. You have these dreams of people coming to chase you and kill you. And, and then you wake up and you feel like you feel worse, okay? This is because this is a spiritual truth. You have to learn to let it go and don't dwell on this. Okay, this is a principle that when Caleb and I were going through marriage counseling, that we were counseled to do. Okay, we encourage you to do this. And so Caleb and I, to this day, I don't think we've ever gone to bed angry. Now, there have been times that take a long time. And we will, I'll be like, you go over there. And then I'll be sitting in my bed, tossing and turning. It's like 3 a.m. And it's like, do 
not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let that. I'm like, oh, I go. And I go over and I apologize. And I say, I'm sorry, like this. It doesn't necessarily mean that the problem is resolved. Okay, but I'm releasing the offense and I release the anger. Okay, uh, two, another way to not let the sun go down on your anger, take some time apart, parentheses, not too much time. Okay, take some time apart, parentheses, not too much time. Now, for the externalizer, if you get heated by removing yourself from a situation, okay, it's wisdom. Okay, you are now giving yourself time to ask Holy Spirit different things. Holy Spirit. Help me realize why I'm angry. Give me the words to form, to explain to this person I'm having conflict with. Okay, you cool off. It's a time to cool off so you can reason, can rule your heart again. Okay, this time apart is crucial because what happens is you separate the offense from the offender. Okay, so this is for you externalizers. Take some time, but not too much time. Okay, last three is forgive and release the offense. Forgive and release the offense. Now, people sometimes have the wrong view of forgiveness. Okay, they feel like forgiveness is reconciliation. Okay, if this person did something wrong to me, then by forgiving, I'm saying, hey, I want to be in a relationship. This is not the case. Okay, forgiveness is like a debt. It's like money. Okay, let's say that Ine does something terrible to me, and I feel like $1,000 worth of debt needs to be uncovered, by forgiving her, what I'm doing is I'm saying in my mind, God, Ine hurt me. This made me feel so-and-so, embarrassed, whatever. Okay, but I take this debt that she owes me and I release it. Why? Because Jesus has forgiven me of much more. Okay, forgive and release the offense. Holding on to the offense and anger, as it says in the verse, gives an opportunity to the devil Okay, by forgiving and releases, releasing offense is how we give no opportunity to him. Now, the devil, it says in scripture, he goes around like a roaring lion looking for people to devour. Uh, if we do not forgive and release the offense, the roots of bitterness will defile us. Okay, Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Now, you know, the devil doesn't play fair at all. And so once he sees that you're wounded... That if someone's wounded you, it's like the most opportune time to go and attack. Okay, this is the time where he starts to come, where you're like, man, I need to justify myself. Like, I'm going to take vengeance on my own hands. He starts to implant these lies, and it's up to you to not come into agreement with these things. Okay, forgive and release the offense. Okay, we've uh, gone over our main passage today, and so we've talked about, again, the internalizer, the externalizer. And a key principle of not letting your anger go down, not letting the sun go down on your anger. Now, I'm going to talk about practical steps here, okay? And then uh, we'll have some ministry time. Okay, I have three practical steps for you, okay, on how to deal with your anger, whether you're an internalizer or an externalizer. Okay, number one is get to the root of the problem. Get to the root of the problem. Now, so many times, Christians, again, people who feel like, oh, ang- being angry is not okay, they try to hide the anger. They read verses on anger, uh, four verses. They meditate on this. But like I said, anger oftentimes points to something else. Okay, a lot of times, anger is a mask 
for other feelings. Okay, sometimes instead of the first immediate reaction is anger, but really the feeling is like an injustice that's been done. Okay, it could be unmet needs from family or close ones. Okay, it could be jealousy. Why are you smiling at me? <laughs> could be jealousy. Okay, and if you're someone that internalizes your anger and you're unsure why you feel angry, this is a way you can look for, look for the signs. Okay, remember what I said? People who internalize anger, they become passive-aggressive. They withdraw. They try to punish. Okay, once you see these signs, internalizers see, man, okay, now i got to get to the root of the problem. So you ask Holy Spirit, why am I feeling angry? Why am I angry? Okay, and ask the Holy Spirit for revelation. Now, if you're one that blows up in anger, again, like I said, ask this question, but separate yourselves from the situation. Okay, take some time out so you don't express anger simply. Now, anger is interesting because anger doesn't understand time. Okay, something, you know, people, you can still be angry about something that happened like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Okay. Is something, anger has to be worked through. It's got to be identified and processed. This is why individuals with injured boundaries are often shocked by the rage that they feel when they begin setting boundaries. Okay, this is generally not new anger, but old anger. Okay, remember I told you I used to be internalized, and then I'm like, oh, I have all this rage, and I'm a pastor. Okay, this is what God really started to show me too, is you have to build boundaries, and this is old anger. This old anger is often years of no's that were never voiced, never respected, or never listened to. Years of constant boundary violations generate great anger. Okay, so it's very common for boundary-injured people to do some, quote-unquote, catching-up anger. Okay, so it's really crucial that you get to the root of the problem. Now, if, you, uh, if all you do is deal with the issue that you're dealing with, again, it's external, and it's not... Uh, becoming an internal one. Okay, now this is especially important when considering angers, uh, when concerning the anger that victims often feel. Okay, victims of abuse, violent crime, or the like have been violated in some way. And so oftentimes when experiencing the trauma, they don't experience anger. It's later in working through the trauma that anger starts to emerge. And this is part of the healing process. For a victim to reach a place of true health and forgiveness, he or she must first accept the trauma for what it is. In order to fully accept that an act was unjust, one must experience anger. Okay, because of the complexities of trauma recovery, this anger is often not short-lived, particularly for victims of abuse. Okay, but victims should process through their anger and come to a place of acceptance and then forgiveness. Okay, this is often a long and hard journey, but as God heals the victim, the victim's emotions, including anger, peace will follow. Allowing the process to occur does not mean that the person is living in sin. Okay, this is why it's so crucial you got to get to the root of the problem. Okay, especially people, if you feel like this rage where you don't know where it's coming from, rather than becoming self-condemning, go to the root. Okay, so number one, go to the root of the problem. Okay, number two, once you find the root of the problem, take responsibility and know that you are in control of your anger. 
Okay, only people who take responsibility will have the tools they need to get free. If you are blaming others, making excuses, and justifying things, then there's no room for God to move. Being humble, remember God gives grace to the humble, means that you are leaning on God 100% for help. And this can't happen until you realize your part. Okay, Galatians 6.5 says, For each will have to bear his own load. Okay, it further talks about, but other people help to carry your burden, right? Burden and load in the Greek are two different terms. Okay, uh, load, for each will have to bear his load, is like a, it's described as a light thing. Like a, think of like a, like a fanny pack or something, like a backpack. <laughs> You've got to carry your backpack. Everyone has their load. This means that you have responsibility. Okay, the other part is burdens. It talks about like a big rock, like rock-like substance that you can't hold. That's when others come and help you carry it. But it doesn't negate the fact that you have your own barren, uh, burden. You have your own load to bear. Okay, so take control, take responsibility, and know that you uh, are powerful to do this. Now, this is the key difference between anger management and going to God. In anger management, the counselor gives you steps. Okay, they're helpful, tell you uh, do this, do that, get support from friends and family. But uh, in going to God with the issue, there's a supernatural grace that's released. Okay, to not only overcome these sin patterns, but to bring healing and to bring restoration. Okay, so this uh, leads me to my third point. Go to God uh, with the root issue, the anger, and lean not on your own understanding. Go to God with the root issue and the anger, and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, the first step is to go to God. Okay, be humble, know, and to repent. Okay, now repent, what repent means is it's not an apology, it's not an I'm sorry, it's you're physically, you're turning away from the sin, okay? So if once you face anger by repenting, it's like you're doing a 180 like this, and instead you're facing God, okay, true repentance just doesn't mean sorry, but it means that you're completely going to turn away. It's a heart thing, it's a heart issue. It's telling God that I'm going to start putting things in place in my life, okay, order is going to come. Okay, I'm going to start putting boundaries. I'm going to start getting accountability. I'm going to confess my sins to one another. Okay, going to God is the first step. But also another step is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, this shows us that God is the one that cleanses us. Okay, but there's extra power when you go and you talk to your Christian brother or sister. Okay, James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Proverbs 28.13, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay, there is extra power that comes when you involve people. Okay, it's really showing God that you're taking responsibility and having people keep you in check. Okay, and the last way that you go to God is that you ask the uh, you ask God the Father for revelation of His heart. Okay, ask God the Father for revelation of His heart. Okay, as I shared before, a lot of us we get our anger responses as children. Okay, many of us haven't grown up in an environment that's healthy. 
And so because sometimes we feel unsafe to express this anger, we need God to be the one to show us that it's a safe place. And so by going to God, he starts to reveal his character, his steadfast love, uh, that he's slow to anger, abounding in mercy and love. And these different parts of our area start to get healed. Okay, I want to take some time and ask you guys to close your eyes. Okay, a lot was covered today. And, you know, usually I don't like uh, to spend so much time describing symptoms of anger or describing symptoms of sin. Uh, But as I started to really meditate on these verses and ask Holy Spirit for revelation on my life, I also realized that so many Christians today, they don't realize that they, they harbor anger. And because of that, they're in bondage. And so uh, I want you guys to take some time that uh, I believe that as I gave these different truths today, the Holy Spirit started to really highlight different things in your life. Okay, whether it was growing up in an environment where you were not allowed to express anger, or whether there's some kind of healing that needs to occur from a trauma, I believe that the first step in healing is identifying anger. Okay, so I want you guys to just take time. I'll give you guys a couple minutes and just ask Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. Okay, uh, I want to say that uh, this place is a place of safety, that when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, He, He guides, He teaches. A lot of people who've dealt with anger their lives, it empowers them. And they feel in control when really the anger is controlling them. So for those of you who are a little bit scared, I want to just pray for you guys. But I just pray, uh, Holy Spirit, that right now that you establish safety in this place. That God, that you are God of abounding love. That no situation, no trauma... Nothing that we face is too difficult for you to heal. It's too difficult for you to touch. And Lord, I pray for the hearts of the people right now, Lord. The Holy Spirit, you will start to remind, bring instances, uh, memories that people have suppressed, have put back in their minds, Lord. Begin to bring these to surface, Lord. Bring a quickening of revelation. Yeah, I'm just going to give you guys a couple minutes. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me, Lord what you want to show me. Reveal to me past hurts. Reveal to me different roots, Lord. Yeah, I believe uh, Holy Spirit's bringing revelation in a couple moments uh, in your past uh, where you were unjustly treated. I want you guys to know that God is your vindicator and that when you go through these traumatic moments, when you go through these stressful times, that God, he aches for you. Because he's a God of the individual, he knows your pain. He's with you in it. Okay, so I want you guys to keep these moments in mind. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick 30 seconds. Okay, now uh, we're going to do these practical steps, okay? 
when you get reminded of things, it's important that you have to know that what was done is not okay, and that you come to this full understanding. In order for that to happen, is when that's when you can take responsibility on your part. Okay, but what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying is that some of you guys are experiencing, experiencing on the inside right now, and I just uh, feel like there's great grace being released to you right now. Just, just address one more thing. Okay, we've talked a lot. I've talked a lot about anger. Okay, but I feel like there's a couple people in this room who don't turn anger towards other people, but you turn anger towards yourself. Okay, this message applies to you as well. Okay, anger towards yourself is not good. Okay, you've been made in God's image. And when you start to turn anger towards yourself, you start to hate yourself. Okay, when God is the one who created you, God is the one who loves you. So I'm just going to uh, pray for you guys, okay? And then close up the time. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we know that your word, uh, the word of God, it has power, but... It must be accompanied by revelation and understanding by your spirit. And Lord, as you're revealing to us these different uh, issues, these different memories, Lord, I pray, God, your grace upon them. That God, that you will bring people to them to help them process, uh, people to counsel them, to love them, Lord, to provide safety. God, we know that you're a God of safety and an everlasting love, Lord. But God, you manifest this through the people of God. And whereas people have been the ones to bring trauma and hurt uh, to us, Lord, God, I ask that you will soften the hearts of the people today to let people in, to let God's people in, Lord. Begin to show people, God, that you are there. Uh, as they take responsibility for their end, Lord, I ask, God, that you will release a healing power and a grace right now to process and to understand to know that no matter how ugly we feel like we're being, Lord, on the inside, that, God, that you love us. But, God, that your repentance is so true it's so strong that, Lord, when we decide, God, and ask to turn away, Lord, you empower us. So, God, I ask for a fresh grace to be released today in the name of Jesus. God, release grace today. Release grace today. Release grace over every heart. God, I declare that every heart that is hardened is being made soft, God. I break off fear in Jesus' name. And I ask, God, that, Lord, that your safety, that you're a God of love, will penetrate the hearts of your people, God. Penetrate the hearts of, of the boundaries, the gates that they've placed on themselves, Lord. God, I ask, God, that you will go in right now to penetrate the hardened hearts, Lord. The hardened hearts, God, make us soft, a ground that's pliable, one that can receive your love, one can, that can understand, God, and not push it away, Lord. God, I ask for fresh grace to be released today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.